Hey, we're back. Process preparation and performance. It's the next episode. Bill and JR are here. We are honored to have a guy in much, much nicer weather than us. Much nicer weather. He is going to teach us all about recruiting tonight. We have Coach Mike on the line. Coach Mike, how you doing? Well, how are you? Oh, I can't complain. I can't complain. So where? tell everybody where you're at. I am in uh I'm in a little sub suburb off of Phoenix, Arizona, a place called Chandler. So we're down in Arizona, just uh, a few miles outside of the metro area. You didn't have any hail recently, did you? Uh absolutely no hail. Uh we we rarely get any J JR, the hail we got, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Took the car to the shop today. what'd you find out? About twelve thousand. So uh, 12,000 in about four weeks. And then, uh, well, we're supposed to get more hail tonight, which uh, there's so much wind going on outside right now. It's unbelievable. You don't have a garage, do you? That was a minor oversight when uh, we decided to remodel this house. Coach Mike, you got a garage down there in Chandler, Arizona? No, we don't. We don't even have hallways in school. Most of it's outdoor campuses. So, Oh, my goodness. I, well, we do have a garage, but we don't carports like you guys in the midwest so twelve thousand dollars jr that's crazy it's gonna take a while to fix that thing that's for sure you know the funny thing is we got a text from one of our other coaches today and he saved some of the hail just to show jr he's got it in his fridge and uh i think jr <laughs> I think JR's a little upset about it. Going to go take a baseball bat over there later today or something and, and finish off that hail. But let's get down to it. Coach Mike, prep star. Totally awesome. Learned about it. I love what you guys are doing. Tell us a little bit about prep star, how it got started. So prep star started in 1981. Um, essentially what it started out of was, was what, what many of you guys our age, uh, us 40s. Us, uh, you know, guys who raised, were raised before the internet. Uh, we started with basically a magazine to help get guys exposure. Uh, back back in the day, uh, we didn't have Huddle. We didn't have YouTube. We didn't have Twitter and all kinds of nice amenities to uh, to broadcast our information. So um, the guy who originally founded the company, uh, his name's Jeff Duva. He, he had a transfer situation back in the 70s. Um, and I, I couldn't even imagine what that was like. Um, but he actually transferred from one school and, and ended up in Hawaii. So not a bad place if you're going to transfer colleges. Um, that whole experience was kind of uh, just eye-opening for him. So he spent some time, you know, after he graduated, he, he kind of wrestled with that. You know, how do I help guys? How do I help good players find coaches? And how do we help coaches find players and this was uh, you know early 80s 80 81 so we started with, with the magazine um today that magazine's called prep star magazine uh started blue chip magazine um i think once we you know once we put a thing on brain but it became prep star magazine we published that magazine four times a year features the best players in the country um and that really like to me is the backbone of who we are is the magazine and the high quality athletes that we um we're connecting with we were talking off air and you've had some pretty famous dudes on on that magazine aaron Rodgers, was that right was he on that was he on that magazine 
He was, I don't think he was a cover on the magazine, but he was a prep star guy. And, and a lot of folks know his story. He just was under the radar, um, came to us his senior year, ended up to go into a JUCO. Uh, we still worked with him and his family. And, and I think he was at, uh, I think it was Butte College. It was, it was California Junior College and uh, ended up getting seen by Cal and, and we know the rest. But yeah, Tim Tebow. I uh, was a prep star. I see his um, magazine cover on our website. It's just tons of guys that Leonard Fournette, you name them. There's, there's tons of guys on the, on, on through the magazine. I think we have four Heisman trophy winners in all. Um, oh gosh. I, I think it's close to 300 guys go on to the NFL that have been in the magazine. That That's incredible, man. That's, that's totally awesome. But, also, what we were talking about is your recruiting service is a little different. You don't you don't just take anybody who shows up. You know, there's a, you guys are pretty particular about what goes on. Can you tell us a little bit about that process? Right. So, so really particular about the athletes we we connect with or we work with. Um, so basically, you guys know in this in the recruiting space, there's a lot of different groups out there. There's a lot of um, service, if you will. I really consider Prep Stars service as much of, a, of an organization or, or even an NC kind of thing. Um, the databases are, are your bigger groups, um, not very selective, and, and they don't, they don't guys. So I think that bad taste in the mouth for a lot of people. Um, when you got hundreds of thousands and, and some of these groups will, will even put it right on their website, they got million, million guys or girls or what have you, um, their database. You know, we know as coaches that statistically isn't the case. Um, we know the reality is um, not every kid that's on uniform is going to be the next college player. And we, so, so what we chose to do was be more selective, work with higher quality athletes. Um, a lot of those guys come through a referral process to us. So it makes a recommendation before we even get on the phone with the, these kids. Um, you know, we look for a specific caliber player that we feel confident that if we, you know, well, the way I do it is if, if I'm going to contact a coach on behalf of a player, I don't want that college coach to, to look, look at me and say, Mike, are you serious? Like, this is what you're giving me <laughs> kind of thing. Um, we're not going to hit a home run every time. Not every kid's going to fit, but um, we feel like because colleges that see our prep star guys and, and girls know that our guys are qualified, they're committed, they're eligible, they're expecting a certain caliber of player, and that's what we're looking for. Is we're looking for those kids, um, not only great athletes, but great students, good students, good people in the community, just well-rounded. So when you talk about that, uh, if somebody gets involved with Prep Star, what services can they expect? I mean, you kind of talked about uh, you'll talk to the coaches, you, you'll make sure uh, from a quality standpoint, you know, does a kid act right, you know, and, and obviously has the talent. But uh, once they're with you, kind of describe that process of, of what they'll go through uh, on their journey here to college. Right. Like um, a lot of families – what they need most is guidance. And I think that is the, you know, we all know the recruiting waters are really, really choppy. 
Um, they're always changing and it just how to have somebody help you navigate that. So I think that's one, one of the things that a lot of families look for is somebody to help them to just kind of to navigate the process, to be able to, um, you know, it's an expert in the field. We all have specialties. Um, you know, if, if you, if you need a plumber, you're not call a guy that's a, that's a driveway guy, you know, if you need toilet fixed, it's, you know, if you're going to get the roof, the hail job, <laughs> the repairs, you, you know, you're not calling a guy that works in an office, um, you know, type in, type in 60 words a minute or whatever. But, <laughs> right. um, so I feel like a lot of families, they, a lot of my time is spent just, just people are working mentor or like a mentor through the process of how do we get in front of the right coaches? How do we help you get to the right camps? How do we connect you with the right coaches? Um, and then some of the amenities, like I, I spend a ton of time teaching athletes just how to communicate effectively, whether that is writing an email. I actually wrote an email, of, uh, an ebook about how to write emails to coaches. And I gave the guys like 25 examples and explained every situation for writing an email to, um, uh, to that is going to call it the guide to um, the guide to writing simple emails or great recruiting emails. Um, communication is one of the biggest things. How do you, how does a kid prepare for a visit? How does a kid do an interview with the coach? What should he expect or she expect in that conversation? Um, so I spend a lot of time just teaching them those small nuances of how to go about that process and, and how to project themselves in the most positive way. Um, we also do things editing video for the athletes. Um, we even have an academic program involved in our um, overall uh, program for the athletes where they can have ACT and SAT tutoring assistance and practice tests and things like that. So it's really fully comprehensive. It's not just about putting a website up or, you know, which a lot of these groups do, you just kind of get a website and then, that's what they call recruiting and a Twitter, you know, a, a Twitter, a, a Twitter post or Twitter handle isn't recruiting either, you know? Um, so we, we do it all. We cover it all for them and make sure they, they've all their bases covered. That's great. I mean, I wish I had something like this, to be honest with you. I got to my college football team because a friend of the family came to my dad and said, Hey, Bill, we, I would love it if, you know, your son went and played at the school where I played at. I think that would be totally great because we got a positive referral from somebody my mom cared about. It was like, all right, well, let's go. To be honest with you, I didn't know they were a school until he told us about it and talked about it. It wasn't something we were even looking at. So to provide those types of services, it's it's really awesome because you know as well as I do and people could take this for whatever they want they probably won't like it but there's a lot of leeches out there right i mean there's a, a lot of guys trying to just make money on somebody as much as they can and take advantage of them uh or her and for parents it's hard to know who to navigate through and where to go but i'm sure a lot of people are going to say hey bill jr how'd you get this guy mike from arizona on the uh podcast and what a lot of people don't know is you have ties to Jefferson City, Missouri, right? So mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's kind of like that old uh, quiz, six degrees 
of Kevin Bacon, right? You could uh, right. you could name any movie, right? Right, right. So all these guys we've been talking to on the podcast, Jr. We we all kind of have some kind of relation back here to the state capital. But Coach Mike, tell us how you have ties back here in Jeff City. So my my wife, uh, my wife's family is actually from Missouri. Uh, her grandparents are from Mountain View, so they homesteaded way back then. Her father, my wife's father, my father-in-law uh, is, is a minister. Um, he's actively retired. He, he was, a, was a pastor in Jefferson City. So we ended up, after we got married, coming over there just because we got started. So um, started raising a family over there before we left and headed out to other, other places. But as I said, I got married in the governor's garden there which is kind of cool. I don't think a lot of people get the chance to do that. Um, but Jeff City was was a great place. To, my oldest was born there. And uh, I think we still have connections from, uh, that's been a long time. I don't even begin to want to tell you how long ago it was, but <laughs> longer than I could admit. But, but you know, you, you mentioned something about your own experience. And I think that when, when I went through the process, the same thing. Um, I grew up in a in a working class, middle class family. My dad worked at a factory. Um, my mom worked in in the fast food industry and in hospitality industry. Um, just good, hard, hard working people. And back in the like I said, back in the early '90s, we didn't we didn't have all this technology. So my recruiting was probably very similar. A lot of word of mouth, a lot of regional um, interest. Um, but my parents didn't know my, my dad went the process back in the sixties, uh, which was even much more loose than what it was in the nineties. Um, you know, that's back when there wasn't a whole lot of regulations and there were offer, you know, a lot of guys and, um, he, he didn't go, uh, he had a knee injury his, his senior year that, that took away that and, and, um, but when I got to the process, you know, it was always, we can't afford to do these camps. We can't afford to um, these visits. And I remember, um, I remember one time getting my junior year at a good junior year. And I got a letter from Joe Paterno, signed letter from Joe Paterno um, to come to do a visit. Well, I don't have it. My, that was part of my fun story is uh, my dad kept it. Um, and when my dad passed about 16 years ago and we started going through his belongings, he had the letter in his kind of hope chest or whatever. It was. Uh, he had a little chest by his, by his bed, but I can remember my dad, I grew up, you know, South, uh, Southwest Ohio, um, kind of in between Dayton and Cincinnati. And, and he said, there's no way we can afford this. There's no way we can afford to do a visit. And we need to find something closer. And, and he basically just said, give another option. And I know, like for myself, fast forward 25, 27 years uh, to my daughter, you know, I didn't want that to happen to her. And, and I, I feel like now recruiting is a lot different. Um, kids can get recruited all over the country now. And that, that's what I look for is, is how do we help these kids have opportunities that they wouldn't otherwise have. That's what makes it real exciting about uh, about now and this time that we're doing right now. So it's really awesome. It's really exciting. It is really exciting. And, you know, 
going through with my older son, David, who wrestled in college. And, you know, I still got three boys in school that all tell me they want to go do something in college and play a sport. Right. So this is all stuff that I'm, I'm very much wanting to learn more about. But if you don't mind, tell all those people listening, let's just give them two or three success stories of, you know, feel good moments that you've, you've come across from guys or gals that are trying to get recruited, trying to go somewhere and how PrepStar helped them. Oh my gosh. I could tell you a couple of them. Um, I could tell you a lot more than a couple of them. Uh, one that comes to mind is we had a kid. Um, I picked up a young man as going in as a freshman, going into his freshman or sophomore year, excuse me, baseball player, really talented left-handed kid out of, um, out of Anaheim, California. And um you know, in the perfect recruiting scenario, the junior year is when that athlete really, really starts to see um, see everything come in and come together, all the pieces come together. Um, so we had that situation for this young man, and, and he, great, really good player, really good team, very supportive parents. Both parents are teachers, um, just kind of salt of the earth people, uh, really actually became quite good friends with him over the years of working alongside of him. Um, so this young man, he got started getting a lot of interest, um, September 1st, as you know, is a big day for recruiting as a junior. And I can remember talking to his dad just a few days before and saying, do you think he's going to get some phone calls? And I guarantee he's going to get phone calls. I guarantee he's going to get phone calls. I'm not so sure. You know, dads are, dads are a little negative. Um, so he started getting the phone calls, got four phone calls on the, on September, uh, September 1st. Fast forward to December, he's doing a, a, um, his visits and got an offer right around Christmas time to a really nice Power 5 school. Uh, Big Ten school, I don't know if I should say the name, but we'll, we'll go on to that. Really good school. Um, well, he's locked in. A junior year, has a great junior year baseball season. You know, and through that process, he, he, was, um, he was known as, as the guy who had the Big Ten commitment was on a really stellar team in April, right after the baseball season, uh, the coach at that college decided to retire. And everything that that young man had been working for had just basically fallen apart in a matter of 24 hours. Um, so what we did was we, we, we came back, we assessed what we had, we regrouped, we devise a new plan of action for this athlete. And that's one of the great things about the prep star program is like kids don't just want schools interested. They get dozens of schools interested. They get schools that you get on the radar of a lot of colleges. And um, basically all I do was, was get to them and get to my cell phone and probably by within two days with five schools, up this kid. Um, so we got his recruiting back on track, but as obviously this was super really dev devastating for a kid who you know, that was his goal. That was his dream. And, um, and then to have that pulled out from under the rug was, was just terrible. Um, fast forward to July, we, we, he went and did a handful of visits at some really nice power five schools, big 12 school and schools, SC, um, pack 12 schools, excuse Um, and ended up getting an offer to a really nice college in, in Kansas, um, one of the two big Kansas schools. And that was really nice because, you know, 
how many guys have that happen and they don't know what to do? Um, it couldn't happen to a better kid. Actually, you know, there's, there's lots of kids out there who <laughs> you just don't want to see anything happen to. But th- it was one of those situations where everything was picture perfect and then it just kind of crumbled. Um, so I was really proud of that. The kid's been locked down, signed his letter of intent uh, last November, um, spoke to his dad yesterday, planning on heading up that way in, in late June early July so he can pick up with the team and get started that that was one of that's one of the one my most favorite um but I got a couple you know a couple other guys um I had a guy one year that was with a competitor of ours and 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 you kind of mentioned like a lot of a lot of leeches out there um the poor kid was was lineman in this conference matter of fact I think he was the biggest lineman in the state of Iowa at the time Six six three fifteen, big kid, um, and really good athlete. Played left tackle, um, and problem was coach wasn't very supportive, um, which that happens. Uh, matter of fact, the coach pulled in all the parents right at the beginning of the season and said, "I don't think I have a college caliber athlete, let alone a Division One athlete in my." on my program that's rough so don't expect me to help anybody and um luckily the parents had you know had found us and we we talked to them and started getting the kid connected with coaches started doing our job is what we were starting to do and and the interest started trickling in along the way coach moved him from left tackle to guard so that he could uh protect the center who was about 510 and 106 pounds related to the coach so you guys know what I'm talking about there yeah yeah um yeah so you have the biggest kid in the conference playing out of position with nobody advocating for him um so we you know I did I did my job I did what we you know we did what we were supposed to do um started getting the kid a little interest and the fun part was Three days before signing day, uh, this was 2016, if I remember right, um, his mom called me. And, and one of the things we always work with our families is we're kind of an open-door policy. So um, the mom called me and said, my son is at his wit's end with this recruiting. We need to, we need to have a quick uh, conference call. So, okay, great. It's about 8.30 my time uh, here on the Pacific uh, west coast and starts talking to the athlete and i said well, tell me what's going on and by that he said well because i'm just done with it i'm so tired i said what you're tired he said these coaches they keep calling me they visit the school they're sending me text message he said they just won't leave me alone i can't i can't uh, i can't handle it i'm done he's like i don't even want to play so I backed him up. I said, well, wait a minute. Tell me what's going on. He said, well, I said, tell me how many coaches are talking to you right now. He said, well, coach, there's 14 coaches that have made offers, and I just, they won't leave me alone. And I said, well, well, wait a minute. 14 offers? You don't have a problem. I said, there's thousands of kids in this, in this country that would love to have one offer. You're belly aching over 14. Your problem is you don't know how to say no. And that was one something we worked with him on was, okay, how do you, how do you let these coaches down? Coaches are aggressive. They want to make their teams better. We all know that. 
Um, so that was what I talked to with this young, young man. And we talked about, okay, how do we, how do you gently let coaches know in a way that's, that's positive and, and not egotistical that coach, this isn't, this isn't the place for me. He ended up going to a nice big 12 school. Um, follow, finally winnowed it down and made his decision a, a week or so later and signed his letter of intent. And he's good to go. But he's one of my favorite stories of all time. Um, I, I could go on and on and on. If you want more, I've, I've had some kids um, whose parents were just dis- one of uh, maybe lost a dad. I have one young man lost a dad um, when he was a young man. His mom found us. Mom was a school teacher and just needed help and guidance along the way. And stellar kid, small, relatively small, kind of obscure um, West Virginia, ends up with a, a full scholarship offer to Army. Uh, eight offers. Army's a $60,000 education. And, um, you know, he also he got a lot of offers from Cincinnati's and Robert Morris's and, and those kind of uh, West Virginia State, uh, those kind of schools. Um, it's Division One, a little bit smaller Division Ones. Um, but his mom, one of the fun things that happened with that was she called me before they went on the visit and said, Mike, I, I don't really him to go. I don't even want to do this visit, but after all, it's Army. So who who gets a chance to go tour West Point? Exactly. So she's like, I'm absolutely going to this. And I told her, I said, just look, just go enjoy the experience. Enjoy the experience, you know, come back. You still got these other offers on the table. So they did the they did it. Uh next day I sent text message she gives me back and she said, I love the play. She said, I so hope he decides to go there. She said, I think it's gonna be the best opportunity. To, for him to be successful, not only now, but after he's done playing football. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here goes a kid from, again, from a very, very small school, you know, coal, coal mining area, West Virginia. He's going to a tremendous school. I mean, I could tell you hundreds of stories like that. Um, they've got hurt. They're fun. Yeah, I could. Athletes that got hurt, um, everybody left, you know, gave up on them and um but talented and we helped him get through the process and end up going to a, getting a nice scholarship and and finding a place to continue to play and do what they love to do i mean not every one of them sounds great you know ends up being being one of the fun stories but you know for me it's about finding the right it's it's about helping that athlete know that this is a place that I'm going to enjoy. This is a place that I feel confident that I'm going to improve as an athlete. I'm going to, I'm going to be challenged as a student and I'm going to get to play the game I love and for an, at least another four more years. And that's a win. I don't care if big, big time school, if it's a division two NAIA, it's, it's all about finding that fit for that athlete. That's what's most important. Mike, you bring up a very good point because I coach baseball too. And, a couple of years ago, we were lucky enough to win the state title and be ranked in the top 20 in the country and whatnot. And our best player, who was a Gatorade player of the year, signed with a college, got down there, played one year, whole coach and staff got fired. Ends up having to go to JUCO. Now he's down at Missouri State. So it's kind of worked out, you know. But like I said, you, you got the plan set up, and then all of a sudden the plan changes just because of unforeseen circumstances 
and you know some of his buddies were were down at the juco so you know i don't know the whole story with it uh but i'm sure that helped with getting him there you know and then moving moving on from there but i thought you brought up something really good when you're talking about uh the baseball player you said you know when he when he was a freshman he kind of started getting involved with you and, and that was something we talked to our kids a lot uh about on the baseball side of things was it's not too early to start because there, there can be a too late. Could you kind of talk about that a little bit? Like what, when do you want to see kids kind of start this process and, and when is it kind of getting down to crunch time and we got to really get going? Right, right. On our website, we have a timeline for the athletes, but um, you know, I really think that they should start thinking about the process in, in as early as junior high, eighth grade. Um, we don't work with eighth grade very rarely with the eighth graders um i can think of all my years we might have had one and that would be your anomaly some eighth grader that's six foot six just by for some weird reason um i think the best time to start is is around your freshman year or going into your sophomore year and it's just simply because the longer the coach has to watch you and, and to watch you develop as an athlete uh, the more the better it's going to serve you. It's going to serve that athlete. Um, you know, and I also think that with with the new regulations of every, especially in baseball, with with September 1st of your junior year being a, a pivotal time, my personal opinion is that that moved up the recruiting timeline as opposed to giving a lot more leeway for coaches. I, I think it's done – I don't want more harm than good, but it has speed, it has sped up the recruiting. Coaches are now identifying and offering kids as freshmen and sophomores because they want to be able to sign those kids uh, or do the officials uh, their junior year and then move on. So I feel like if the athlete has, if the athlete is um demonstrating elite or or skills above their above their peers, if they're competing at a high level. Um, that athlete as a freshman or a sophomore would benefit from starting to get exposure through the recruit and the recruiting process. And equally the same, if an athlete's not ready, I don't think that athlete would benefit. I think a lot of coaches recognize names and check kids off a list and that, that does more harm than good. That's so I would say like, again, for me, like in, either in between the freshman sophomore year, when that kid is a stellar sophomore, uh, or excuse me, a stellar freshman, um, somewhere around in there is a perfect time to start to start getting exposure. But even before that, start mapping it out, having a plan of whether it's travel teams or um, just just set, start setting some goals that is going to help that kid make incremental steps in the right direction because way too many kids wait um they wait too long for one reason or another they hope somebody's just going to find them hope that some coach is going to you know make the right phone call for them and before you know it they're down to six months and you can't get any this it's too difficult it's just so much more difficult not impossible but difficult yeah from the baseball side of things, it seems like to me and a lot of the other coaches that I coach with over the last, you know, you're looking five, six, whatever years, 
you've got all these showcase things that are going on, perfect game events, you know, and it seems like it's an easy way to get a lot of the kids, a lot of exposure at those things. But what do you guys recommend from that standpoint? If you've got a, if you got a kid who he's a dude, you know, and he, he's going to be a dude, yeah. uh, what do you recommend to them with, with some of that stuff? Um, I think those are all, there's a lot of them that are really good and, and they, they do a good job of putting opportunities for the athlete. Um, Perfect game is, is a great example. Um, PBR, they do a good job. Um, then there's a, there's a lot of groups out there that are um, not, not helpful. Um, I think competition is going to be king a lot of times. Um, and, and the most important part is all at all these things that they want, but if nobody knows about that athlete beforehand, they, they're just playing tournaments. They're just playing games. So I think that's where our role is to help them get on the radar so that when they're playing in these competitions or these tournaments or these showcases, uh, the coach, where to find coaches about them. Cause that's how recruiting works. Now recruiting works now before a coach on a plane or gets in a car, they know about these guys. There's too much money invested in it. And um, so they want to know about these kids before they even go see them play. And I think again, those opportunities are really good. I always tell families go where you're supposed go where you're wanted. Um, and I also counsel families that you're gonna you're gonna waste a lot of time and money by just going to every every camp combine and showcase that's out there. And it's the it's there's a lot better ways to do it. Yeah, you mentioned it earlier. It's there's so much stuff going on, and there's so many people coming at you from different directions that sometimes you get kind of lost as to where you yeah. should be. And, you know, I think it, it goes back. I, I'm, I'm totally taken back by your coach who said, Hey, listen, I don't think I have this. I don't, I, we don't have this. He's telling all the parents this. And I've been around a bunch of coaches who said, well, I'm going to be completely honest with the kid and I'm going to tell him where he needs to go play and what he needs mm -hmm. to do. And I'm like, well, okay, I get that. I understand that, but I've been all around this country watching kids play ball and there are some really, there's some avatars out there, right? There's some dudes, there's some people that just oh, look yeah. different. They play different. They, but for the majority of time, you know, high school kids, a lot of them are fairly equivalent. I'm not going to say equal. I'm going to say fairly equivalent. Sure. And sometimes it'll, it'll bother me when I'll hear these other coaches go, well, I think, he's only good enough for this. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, dude, you had him play in offense, defense, special teams. You had him as captain. You had him as this, that. And now you're going to tell me that he shouldn't even go play college football. I don't understand. So, you know, I, I really right. think you bring up a good point that you have to be willing to do the work you need to do. Right. You, mm -hmm. you have to understand that if you're good at what you do, there's going to be people show interest and you better be able to handle that interest just like that that tackle, right? You got to be able to right. process that stuff. And at the same time, you need that support system from not just your family and not just prep star, which you guys do an amazing job from the way it sounds, but from your coach too, right? You need that right. because now what I'm seeing is I'm seeing coaches circumvent or college coaches circumvent the high school coach and they're just going right to the kid on social media, 
right? So there, that whole yeah. thing is being bypassed. Like, well, we don't really have to go in the school maybe all the time. Right. But right now we're, we're stuck because we're in quarantine and nobody could go anywhere. Right. So how is COVID kind of reshaping this recruiting process for everybody? I, I think it's, it's made it more digital than ever. I think that, um, like you said, they just, nobody can get out. So what's really important is how, how do they find these athletes and how, you know, you mentioned the same thing with who, who knows how many kids are on Twitter. I know a lot of guys I talk about that, that their, their basic strategy for recruiting is I'm just going to DM as many coaches as I can get. Well, the problem with that is if that's, if everybody's doing it, nobody's doing it. If everybody's doing it, you know, you end up getting lost in the shuffle. <laughs> Coaches are getting and just bombarded with these, with these uh, DMS and things like that. And I can't blame a kid for, uh, for trying to promote himself. I mean, the heck, you know, if they're confident in their abilities, the other problem is that we're often not matched appropriately. You, you end up with a kid that's not really, um, a top tier division one talent trying to promote himself where his time would be better well uh, suited spending uh, his time connecting with coaches that are better fit for him and um and so you know we we often forget that that college football for example is is much much more than the the, the power five teams we see on tv on saturdays you know there's a lot more colleges out there that are not on TV than are on TV. And there's a lot more colleges out there offering scholarships for baseball than what we see just on ESPN or whatever. So um, I think it's gonna be a lot more digital. Um, right now I know for us that, you know, we, we get a lot of coaches that are interested in seeing our guys because, and our, our girls because um, we've already vetted them we they know where they can find them we make it really easy we make we take care of the research for them um they just basically got to find you know the players that that's the best fit for their program so i think that you know i think that that's going to make it a lot more digital um i also think we're going to see an uprise in camps once this is all done um i wrote about it on my blog um my elite athletes recruiting blog um, I think you're going to see a lot more schools and a lot more of these kind of um, camps pop up as, as to try to get kids exposure. Um, and that's going to be, that's going to mucky, you know, it's going to murk, murk up the water a little bit because you're going to get some guys out there doing some of these uh, combines in the middle of a, of a high school parking lot kind of thing. Um, <laughs> and they're out there because I already, I, you know, I, they're, I know they're out there. Right. Um, so I think there's going to be some more of that. Um, but in terms of recruiting, um, I think our 2021s are really behind the eight ball now. I kind of look at the kids and I, I tell them, they're like, Hey coach, what do we do? And I'm like, man, I, I don't know that I have the answer, but I, I can tell them now I know somebody who knows the answer. That's for sure. You know, because they're, there's so much that goes into this. Like I have a buddy who's been the director of recruiting at a couple of D1 schools. And every time I get a chance to talk to him, I just feel like I get an education because he's telling me all the stuff that's going in. And he even came by the high school once for weightlifting and he talked to the kids and he goes, 
listen, I'm going to show you a spreadsheet that we go through. And he pulled it out. And on that spreadsheet is every recruit. And the coach assigned to check his social media every day to check to see what he's posting, to see who he likes, to see who he follows, to do, see, are you wearing uh, a conference competitor's jersey in a picture? I mean, it's, it's totally crazy. So I get questions from the kids sometimes, like you just said, Mike, you're like, kids are DM and coaches. So I get this question all the time. And, and truly, I don't know the answer other than to just be stubborn and keep doing it. And I'm sure you're going to educate us right here. But what do you tell a kid who he says, coach, I've reached out to this coach 20 times and he won't answer me back. What should a high school football, baseball coach tell that kid to do? Yeah, I think persistence is key. Um, I, that is, that is the number one uh, complaint feedback that I get from parents or for, uh, from athletes. And, um, you know, I, I, Personally, I feel uh, I feel like the coaches. I, I would wish that the coaches would would have some some sort of response to the athlete, just an acknowledgement. Now, I, I'm a realist, and I know that if you get 300 emails a day, you probably aren't going to be able to have the time to do that. And I totally understand that the coaches are are busy, um, but. You know, what I tell guys are like, look, understand that uh, the, the coaches are, they're, they're doing different things. Be persistent. Um, I also tell them, look, consider other options. You know, uh, I like to use the dating analogy a lot with our, with our athletes, either boys or girls, because they understand how that works. And I say, look, if you keep Snapchatting someone and they keep blocking you or they don't <laughs> connect with you back, get the hint, right? Um, but you know, this is a little bit different contact context where, you know, if, if we know that we're appropriately matched with a coach, we feel like we're a good fit. Um, we're not out of our league, so to speak. Uh, keep, be persistent because the opposite happens very frequently where I can contact the coach and say, Hey, you know, I, uh, I know that you've been, I've been, you know, sending you some information on Johnny and the coach will say, well, I've, I've looked at that kid's profile. I've sent him a letter. I've sent him a DM and he never contacted me back. So it does work both ways. Kids don't check their, one of the things that I think kids fail to do is they, they don't have their voicemail set up on their phone and they don't check their voicemails and they don't return their text messages on a, on a timely manner. And, and, you know, what they fail to realize is that a lot of times coaches just have, they just have a small window of time to interact with a player. And if that kid has that mentality that like, look, I'll get to him when I get to him, um, they're going to miss an opportunity. So, um, but yeah, it's, that, that is the number one, number one complaint we get from parents and from, from student athletes. Let's say you have a kid you know, who's, who's signed to go to a college, but then he gets drafted by an MLB team. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm sure you've had this incident, you know, show up before. What do you guys kind of do at that point with, uh, with sitting down trying to help them with that decision? Yeah. So we're not agents. 
So we, right. um, I mean, that, that is one of the things, um, do we know agents? Yes. Do we know people in, in MLB or especially like for baseball minor leagues that we can connect them with? That's usually what I do. Um, I have some, some context. I'm, I mean, for goodness sake, I live in Phoenix, so we're full of baseball players and retired people. Um, I coach myself and one of our, one of our coaches on our staff is a, is a, certified MLB catching coach and hitting instructor knows the process in and out. Um, so we, we kind of point them in the right direction with that. Uh, we let them know their options. A majority of your college athletes who do get drafted, they'll, they'll go ahead and do, and do their year, do their college. Um, so I just try to inform them on that. Um, I've got, I got three guys this 2020 season that I think are draft eligible that maybe not for the COVID. I think I would be really confident that would have gotten drafted this year. And the two, I think still have a great chance. Um, but it's, if they don't, it's, it's strictly because they didn't get to showcase their abilities because they're, they're tremendous players and already, you know, had already been. Um, so I, I just think that's just more a little bit of a timing thing now than, than a ability. It's just sort of, Right. Right. Yeah. A lot of these high school players, this is where, you know, we're not talking about high school players that are, that are competing at, at a low level. We're talking about, um, you know, kids that are playing in the CIF over in California with, with teams that are, or here in Arizona with, with that are loaded with pitchers that are throwing 90 miles an hour. Um, you know, those kids that are playing in, in, or in Louisiana and Florida and stuff like that, they, they just don't get an opportunity. And uh, the junior class, I'm very concerned about them. I'm very concerned about these baseball players because this year, this spring is so important for them heading into summer. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. Well, I have, I have like a two-part question. And one part is going to be a little funny, but the other part's going to be absolutely, absolutely, I, I really want to know the answer. So I hear that a lot of states are going to let kids reclassify. They're going like if they can't go back to school and you want to do your junior year over again, you can. I know the NC2A is just given eligibility back to the spring sport athletes. So you know, this question might come up for you, coach, and I don't know. I really don't know the the answer. But if I'm looking at ahead to a college and a group of kids were supposed to graduate that maybe they play the position I do or they don't or, you know, I might be competing against it. But now they're still going to be there. What, do you guys have an opinion on the whole reclassification thing for high school kids? I mean, is it, I mean, just on a 30,000 foot view, is it, is it a wise thing to do or not? I've, I've actually got a few kids that have already reclassified. Um, I don't really recommend it personally. Uh, but we, we're actually seeing families redshirt or gray shirt their kids as freshmen going back in junior high. You know, we, we see a lot of, 
I, I can't blame a family for wanting to be strategic about how they're going to handle their son or daughter's recruiting. Um, with that said, they're also kids. Um, and, and I want to look at what is the advantage to that? What, it, you know, what's the, what's the long-term effects of that? Making that kid go be a junior again or be a senior again. Um, I don't know what the ramifications of that are going to be. So um, I'm seeing it. I'm not necessarily liking it, but if, if we, they do it and they still have eligibility, we do help those guys. Um, and I don't see that much more than what I would consider like a prep school or a gap year program where you're seeing some guys hold on to their eligibility. Um, you get them to go to some of these um, sports specific uh, prep schools or, or those kinds of things um, and, and try to develop a little more. So I don't have too much of a problem with that. I get it. Um, eligibility wise, I think that's going to be really interesting. Um, my daughter is a college freshman. Um, she pitched, she's a pitcher. Um, she pitched in six games, which bypassed her eligibility to get a red shirt. Um, she only, she pitched in six. If she would have pitched in four, she could have probably gotten a red shirt. Um, so she will get her eligibility. You know, she'll get an additional year of eligibility. Um, so that's good for her. I think um, all in all, I think it's a very benevolent act by the NCAA. But I also think that outside of major schools, major power five schools where you're going to be competing for championships or, or any team that's going to be competing for a championship, um, I don't think you're going to see a lot of athletes take, take colleges up on an, an additional year. The reality is the average college costs about $42,000 a year. And, and, you know, most students, by the time they get to be, by the time they get to be um, graduate, they're done, they're ready. You know, they've, they've had a plan to stay, uh, to, to finish in four years, move on with my life. And that's a lot of the feedback I've got from some of the former student athletes is like, hey, you know, I, I think I'm happy. Uh, I'm, I left it all on the field. I'm, I'm, I don't need to play another year. Um, and they don't want to accrue any more debt because the reality is you've got to stay. Even though the NCAA said, hey, we're going to leave it up to the schools to give you money, uh, to give you an award. For the most part, in, in a lot of sports, you don't get a lot of money anyway. Now, for baseball, for example, of 11.7 scholarships i had a conversation with a parent um who of a kid who was committed and signed with the school and they're looking possibly carrying up to they have 50 guys the college has 50 guys and then the coach wants oh to winnow goodness. it down to eight to 40 40 to 42 so you have eight kids who are either promised scholarships or promised roster spot now that are that are um so we're seeing a lot of that but I don't think that there's going to be a lot of parents who want to pay an additional 40 grand so their kid can go all the way through a semester right, right. and then play that final semester of school. And I, other than maybe a fifth year masters um, or something like that, that's available to an athlete. Mm -hmm. um, I see it more as, as a, a gesture of goodwill, but I, I really don't think it's going to make 
um, too much too much impact outside of those those yeah. schools. But sure. I think it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be interesting. But um, yeah, it's it. How could you carry forty two kids? Right. You can't. It's yeah. impossible because even with baseball, it, it very rarely do you see full rides. You know, and it's uh, you only got a certain amount of percentage anyway, and now you're going to divide it up even more. Like you said, it that's just not going to happen. Right. So you're going to ask. So somebody has to pay the bill. And you know, the reality is, take my example. My daughter played elite travel softball for 12 years. Uh, she'll play an additional four years for on scholarship. Um, so, you know, her feedback to me was like, Dad, I've done all that I want to do. You know, and I get it, but I, I think I think when the time comes, you know, right now it's more of a of a knee jerk reaction. The kids were cut short; they didn't have any closure, and I, you know, I understand that. Yeah. But I think once reality sets in and they the summer job or they, whatever, you know, start to start to move on with life, it'll be like, well, you know. Yeah. I mean, how are they? They got to take full classes. They got to take a full load, eligible. Not like you're taking one class and paying three or four bucks. Right. You're going to take at a thousand bucks a credit hour and you're going to carry nine or 12, depending on what the school has to do. So I have a challenge for you. I have a challenge for you. Here it is. Here's the second part of my question. And then we're going to get into your contact information because I'm sure a lot of the people listening are going to want to know how to get a hold of you. If it's just to ask questions or to get their athletes signed up. So here's the challenge. I'm 45. Uh, I could still run. I can still run. I'm pretty strong. I already have an advanced degree, but I'm pretty sure I have one year of eligibility left. Can Prep Star help me? Oh, boy. Because I'm telling you, if I could just hit somebody a couple more times. Just suit up, right? Oh, man, I, the, any stress level that I have would just fall away. I mean, it would just, like, melt away. And I don't even need, like, a whole season. I probably just need a couple practices. So can you guys help, help arrange that? Can I, get, can I get something? Well, you know, I'm not a miracle worker. <laughs> but I, I, I believe I can find somebody. <laughs> nice, nice. It doesn't have to be Army. I mean, it, I, I'm not picky. It doesn't have to be Army. But, I mean, you know, somewhere I, in the SEC would be fine. SEC, I don't, I, yeah, that might be a tall order, but I think I could find you like a, a mid-level or a division three that, that wants to do some, uh, some nice marketing, 45. Hey, I'm okay with that. I'm okay yeah. with that. I'm yeah, and they'll be fine. like, look, after 20 years, comes back to fulfill his glory days. Break his and, leg. Yeah, it's more, right. The cart you it's out way, on the field. It's way more than 20 years, but I appreciate you uh, knocking it down a little bit. I like that. Coach, how do people get a hold of you? Oh, they can get a hold of me online, um, Instagram at Michael Woosley, uh, W O O S L E Y, uh, Twitter, same handle, um, PrepStar Southwest. That's my um, section of PrepStar because um, I live in the Southwest. So you can find me on Twitter at PrepStar Southwest. Uh, my blog, Elite Athletes Recruiting. Um, my website, coachmikewoosley.com that's pretty simple um lots of different ways to contact me uh, don't facebook me because i will find you i don't use facebook <laughs> but instagram or, or uh twitter is probably the best um 
office line. I can give you an office line if you want. Uh, eight, yeah, 805-622-7827. That's my office line. Um, so you could text me at that number and then I can gift you some information. But yeah, we always, we, you know, one of the things we do is we always take a look at every athlete. So as I mentioned, uh, we're pretty selective and, and what we do is we, we take 360 athletes. So 360 per sport. Um, that allows us to be a lot more hands-on with the athletes. Our scouts don't carry a large load of athletes and we're a lot more personal that way. Um, so what we what we're able to do is be a lot more selective and then um but again some of those kids don't so we do promise every athlete we'll give you an evaluation or we, what we call a recruiting call we'll give you a free evaluation we'll help you get your academics in order give you some direction about what you should be doing or what they should be doing to get to the next level um and that's okay some kids don't that's like a kid that goes to your football program and needs to be a starter and he sits down with the coach and the, and the coach tells him, hey, this is what you're going to have to do to make the starting lineup on our team. And that's the same philosophy we have. So um, we don't turn kids away for uh, for financial reasons. So if we find a good athlete and we think we can help them, um, we figure out ways to help those kids. Um, so that's a great, great thing with us. But yeah, one of the, again, so if somebody out there wants to just reach out and say, hey, what does my son need to be doing to get himself or her or get my daughter in the right direction? Um, it's usually a 20 to 30 minute call, a video call. So we see each other, it's really personable um, and we point you in the right direction. And if we need to follow up in the future, we do. And, and so not again, so it, it's one of the most rewarding and enjoyable things I've ever done. Um, I love it. I get to meet people like you. So, uh, really fun um jr can you put his stuff on our website absolutely coach if you, if you want us to put uh your blog up on our website we have a little article section mm -hmm. we'll throw your blog up there if you're okay with that yeah. um get get the word out you know you got some roots here in mid missouri we gotta yeah. we gotta see what we could do there we gotta, we gotta see how we can make that happen we gotta help make it happen yeah a lot of guys you know we just try to help as many kids as we can i think um it's all about giving them new opportunities and, and putting these kids in a situation to be successful when they're done. And, and um, it's fun. It's fun. I appreciate you guys having me on. That does it for us. Another episode of process preparation and performance. Peace out.